principle and execute spiritual activities for the perfection of life. If, however, the husband is progressive in spiritual advancement, the wife undoubtedly shares in his activities, and thus both the wife and her husband profit in spiritual perfection. It is essential, therefore, that girls as well as boys be trained to discharge spiritual duties so that at the time of, cooperative, of cooperation, both will be benefited. The training of the boy is brahmacharya, and the training of the girl is chastity. A faithful wife and a spiritually trained brahmacharya are a good combination for advancement of the human mission. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport to the Srimad Bhagavatam. Third Canto, 14th Chapter, 17th Verse In the Matter of Pregnancy of Viti and the Evening. Translation again. O afflicted one, I shall forthwith gratify whatever desire is dear to you. For who else but you is the source of the three perfections of liberation? Thus ends the Bhakti So, this is spoken today on the day is the 2nd of July. In the year 516 of our Lord Chaitanya, 2002, Christian year, Harium Pasta. It is a mini temple, Luce. So the wife was very much in anxiety and uh, she wanted to have uh, a child urgently. Extremely urgently she, she wanted to have a child without any further delay. She pleaded with her husband and he's Comforting her now. But don't worry. I gratify whatever desire is dear to you. So he's praising the wife that the wife is providing a basis for one's religiosity, economic development, essentially. There's actually five perfections of liberation. The fourth is uh, moksha, or freedom from the material bondage. And the fifth is love of Krishna. So at least for the first four, three of the five, wife is uh, very essential. He's uh, praising his wife very much.
if one has a man or woman wants to get out of the material world, then they have to regulate themselves and act in Krishna's service. So the most uh, difficult thing generally to regulate is uh, sex. See, especially now in Kali Yuga in the modern society, this illicit sex is common and everywhere. But as the people are getting more and more entangled into the material nature just by having uh, unrestricted sex life, not only is it creating uh, spiritual obstacles for people and uh, the moral degradation of society, it's uh, producing things like unwanted children. I had a friend of mine who was uh, very traumatized because uh, his parents told him that he was an accident. They never wanted him. Somehow the contraceptive didn't work. So you can imagine if someone grows up where the parents tell you, you know, you don't love you, you're an accident. We had stuck with you, you know. So, you know, so he became like a criminal. It was a bad friend. It was a, another parents got me away from him. He was really frustrated guy because he was never loved in his uh, in his uh, family. So this type of unwanted children are, are created. It's a product of this uh, unrestricted sex life. Then. Uh, So much disease. Now, someone just told me that uh, twenty percent, either of Americans or American young people, uh, I forget now, but twenty percent of one segment of society have venereal uh, disease. Not only AIDS, but all kinds, so many kinds. So, and we know that in Africa, so like forty percent of the people in some countries have AIDS, and it's a huge epidemic. I mean, they don't. This is totally out of control. And there's big signs that the government has put up: be celibate. <laughs> Like uh, practice brahmacharya, <laughs> one of the people you know. When they have a uh, kavichandra saying when he was on television, I said, well, "How do you do it?" So you can see here that actually somebody can be properly married. That's the best chance for 
limiting the entanglement of sex life. Maybe that's not the reason why people get married, maybe they think that, but actually it's an opportunity to restrict it and limit it and control it to release it to one person and to and, and, uh, bring it into some kind of a thematic program. If they can simplify the material side of life as much as possible, if they're, if they're not being bounced off between different relationships and emotional uh, traumas, having a boyfriend, losing a boyfriend, looking for another one, going to a girlfriend, whatever, then one goes to so much different kinds of trauma. And so all this distracts one from who can think about spiritual life when you're lamenting about your boyfriend, your girlfriend. It's a, it's a very difficult uh, situation. Of course, someone might be enlightened them to get into Vairagya for a while. If you get suffering enough in the material world, then sometimes that's an impetus to go for spiritual life. But, uh, so here, Kasyapa Muni is uh, praising his wife, and anyway, having a good wife is, uh, makes the life easier for us to practice our spiritual life. It makes it uh, easy for us to, to be peaceful in a material sense, so that we can then focus our life on spiritual life. If things are too disrupted, then it's difficult to be spiritual. If there's too much pleasure, it's also difficult. So, you need a kind of a balance. See what's praising is wife in this way. To try to appease her that don't be so much, uh, so much anxiety. After he's trying to convince her, just wait for some time. It's not an auspicious moment. But uh, so first of all, he's crazy. Actually, this also shows it's a it's a very good way of dealing. He actually wants to convince her to wait. But the first thing he started off is he's encouraging her and saying, "Don't worry, give me your hope. I'll satisfy you. You're very important." All that is also been attention is that she should wait for some time, a few hours at least. Because it was the twilight. That's an auspicious time to have a child. It's that time the ghosts are moving around. In India, when it's the twilight, they uh, light incense. All the shopkeepers assume light incense, some blow conscious. To keep away the ghosts from their shops. The subtle entities uh, in Mayapur, we also we uh, sprinkle Ganges water and uh, frankincense, blow their punch out, go around the buildings. It's like the mosquitoes, they come out when it gets dark. In fact, if you leave your windows open just at the sunset, usually the many mosquitoes enter. It's usually the time you want to close all the windows. 
Just like that with ghosts. After a few hours, they're already settled down somewhere. So this one, they're kind of waking up and want to give them away. And after that, Lord. So he was uh, thinking that this is not a good time for us to have a child because maybe the ghost enters into the, or some uh, demonic person could become conceived. So there's a whole science about how to have children, what's a good time, what's not a good time, what's a good day. Actually, Manu has given a whole code when to have children, when to try to have a, a concealed child, not to have an Ashtamis, the eighth day of the lunar. I don't know why these days, don't ask me why, but he said the eighth day is not good. The Nicodemus is not good. The full moon day and holy days are not good. Different days are, I don't know about all the full moons, but some full moon days are good. Then certain days uh, count from the time after the lady's uh, menstrual period, and there's some days, so many days after is uh, good, so many days after is good. There's a whole system. You know, I don't know. If people want to have uh, quality children, they can follow the system. They can chant on the day they want to conceive. They go to the temple in the morning, they pray to the deities for a Krishna conscious child. They chant extra rounds of Japa Hare Krishna. There's a little ceremony that the husband and wife can have. This all together is called Garbhodan Samskara, or the sacrifice of the ritual of conceiving a Krishna conscious child. So Kasyapa wants to follow all these things to a certain degree, and so the first thing, it wasn't the right time. But in order to appease his wife, first he's uh, speaking some sweet words to her and encouraging her. Sometimes if we want to advise someone something, it's always better for us to show the person that we appreciate. If we just bark out and say that we don't appreciate, just say some heavy thing like uh, some rule or something, then people may become agitated by that. And they think that you just don't like them. So the Make it very clear he's first of all talking to his wife in the very sweet words. Being a, in a spiritual movement where people they work for free, nobody's, you know, I mean, very few people are paid, but many people are different. All the devotees are volunteer. So they want to be, the main thing they work for is they want to be appreciated. They want to feel that what they're doing is useful in Christian service. They want to do something or their spiritual development. So appreciation and kind dealings are very important. How important this is may be very difficult to evaluate. It. You know, even in our GBC meetings, uh, it's a normal procedure that if you're going to say something critical about someone, before you say that, you first praise the person. Say all the good things. So that it shows, you know, that you're balanced. 
you just go and say, well, this person is nonsense, and then people think, you know, maybe you're on a trip. Maybe it's him, no, you're not a balance. But if you first of all say, and that person also be very deeply hurt, why he's probably, so if you first balance it that this person has done so much service, they see the world, you're a woman, we really appreciate all the things. But, when you hear the but, and you know, oh, now we're in for it. Recently, what he did was inappropriate. So the elders, first of all, would perceive that this is a normal procedure. So if he's not going to criticize his wife, he's going to tell her that's the wrong time. So if he just, you know, told her, chill out, cool it, what's wrong with you, you know, you're Maya. And, you know, it's going to create some other problems. They're very gentle people, so... Instead, he's praising her and trying to convince her. He loves his wife, so... Himself is, you know, it's a wife coming forward, so I want to have a child, but very attracted by you, so it's very difficult for him. At the same time, he wants to do it the right way. This also shows that even with him uh, married life, one has to also, uh, we have a different kind of family planning, but planning to have a family in the right way, the right time, how to cooperate with each other. Even Prabhupada uses this word here, cooperation. Actually, a marriage is a cooperation between a man and a woman. So if they have a proper respect for each other, affection for each other, and they're trying to they have the same spiritual goals, then they can cooperate in a proper way for practicing their, their duties as a grihasta. Grihasta life is a very balancing all the time. You know, where in our like brahmachari sannyas life, we don't have to balance things so much. It's much more black and white. There's a very clear line where we can go, what we can do. Never be alone with a woman. Things like that. It's just a very uh, clear line, very, very strict. So then what sense that makes our life a little simpler? But then not everybody can practice like that. So the Grihastas, there's so many different uh, shapes, what to do and how to do it better. So they, it really requires a, a cooperation. When Bhaktivinoda Thakur was asked, what's the most important thing for a householder, for a married person? He said, the most important thing is having a, a, God, a Krishna conscious spouse. Because different than uh, Brahmachari or Sanyasi life where you're on your own. You need good association, a good environment, but ultimately you have to practice your, you're on your own uh, to practice. You can't blame anybody else. When you're a grihasta, you're a team. Husband depends on the wife, wife depends on the husband. If one or the other is in a good position, it just creates a lot more disturbance because they're very much connected. 
So when somebody gets married, it's very important that they get a proper Krishna conscious uh, person who's also got a nature which is compatible. Finding a Krishna conscious uh, mates is uh, one of the major, I think, uh, needs in, in, in Krishna conscious movement. In the Chopati temple, they have a whole committee which helps to, to do that. In different uh, temples, they try to do this in an organized way. So, even people, just by working together, you may get attracted to each other, but they may not actually be compatible. How much of many marriages are made in the kitchen? Just because of cutting subjects together and handing that. And then after a while, you know, you become, you think maybe this is the one, you know, and then just because you are together, but it may not that someone needs a little more objective vision, maybe they don't even speak the same language, or maybe there's so many factors. So that's why it was uh, was kind of a science, how to choose who was the Compatible with each other. But it's also important in the previous verse, when Diti uh, is talking, she says, I well wishing Father Daksha ask each of his daughters individually, who do you want as a husband? In other words, even though the marriages were arranged, it wasn't like the girls didn't have a voice in it. Arranged means just that. The, the whole system of how they were wedded was organized to the parents. But the parent asked, who do you want to marry? Who, you, who do you see as your husband? And so it turns out she, they had 14, she had 14 da- daughters. 13 of the daughters chose the same person. They all said, the 14th said Shiva. There was certain. So then accordingly, he had, he had married all of them. But he, he didn't ever really accept uh, Shiva. That's another part of chapter of the Bible. So, that's also important to note that even at that time, they would ask the daughter, what do you think? In other words, the daughter or son had a veto power. At least in the more cultured families, they did. We're living in India 32 years now, I've seen uh, this uh, arranged marriage system in practice. In, in, uh, uh, <clears throat> But I also saw, like, once I was visiting the house of one of our big donors, and uh, he came, and then he said, oh, today is a very special day for us. There's a, there's a proposal for some young man to marry my daughter, and he's going to come and meet her for the first time. And then after they meet and talk with each other, then they have to decide. We check the horoscope, we check, we think that they're compatible, but they ultimately have to also approve. 
So this is uh, the first meeting. So what should I give my daughter? You know, a blessing. So then they brought in the daughter. The daughter, she was like decked out with the ear, nose ring, ear ring, everything. You know, I mean, she was like dressed like a princess or something. You know, and she could smell her from thirty feet away, and covered with. She was dressed to kill. You know, it was going to be the poor guy when he came in. He was really like, you know, <laughs> makeup, whatever. You know, I mean, it was all expertly done to make her as attractive presentation as she could be. You know. Surprise, it's never, usually the women don't come before here like that. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. So he gave me like a little window, but, you know. I guess for the poor guy, he's not, uh, that's the only time he sees her. It's gonna make it's like, she was dressed like in a, you know, when they do that, the Miss America or the Miss Germany or something. She was, I mean, I said, I'm sorry. Yeah, they have their sister, ultimately they have to approve, but in this case, uh, everybody knew of everybody in the universe, this was the top society. Daksha was one of the top Prajapatis, and Katsyapa was one of the top Prajapatis, so they knew, they knew who was who, it wasn't like they just know, okay, this is your first visit, now, you, you agree, okay, she looked pretty good, okay. I, but uh, they knew, and they liked him, and they thought that he was going to be a responsible person. So she's presenting all these things, and my father was uh, so kind that he organized. And we've all been very faithful, I've been very faithful. So I want you to give me a child now. So, This was the situation. A difficult uh, situation. If the wife uh, forces the husband like that. Very difficult. In this case, deeply, she wasn't being controlled. She wasn't uh, considering time, place, circumstance. She just was considering what she wanted at that moment. She was being very forceful and uh, determined and clear and she really fixed on what she wanted, but uh, wasn't considering some of the fact He was trying to bring it to a rational consideration about time and the proper circumstances. So first he's trying to cool it down a little bit and talk to our basement. So, Prabhupada said it's important that we train the brahmacharis and train the girls. This one thing that training a brahmachari in, in uh, celibacy is a good thing, but when somebody wants to go from brahmachari life to rehearsal life, there's a big difference. So there seems to be a lack of that type of uh, training because maybe there's a lack of proper role models. Many families that don't have a proper stabilized family. For some people, they never saw what is a normal cooperation between uh, the mother and father, so they really don't know 
you know, some families, the, the wife was uh, battered or mistreated or divorced or different things. Sometimes they don't really have, when they, when they go to get married, then they really don't know what is the, what is the proper way of dealing with So this is something which, uh, some kind of prenuptial, premarital training is offered by some religions like uh, Roman Catholics offer. I don't know what course they give, but I've been mm-hmm. saying that this type of course we need also in Islam. So that those who are changing their ashram and going for this new step in life, they get some preparation for what's ahead. It's like right now kind of a shock course. They don't know what to expect. And all of them are always very surprised. Because uh, as Vihasta life is a very responsible life, along with the facility to have some more enjoyment, comes with it a lot of responsibilities. To be a cooperative teammate is a responsibility. To help maintain a family, to work together to raise the children, even just to pay the bills, to act in such a way to encourage the other person and not discourage, to be a positive influence. And all these things is like a big responsibility. And uh, that responsibility is good for people. It can help one in the spiritual life. If you do it for Krishna. Even if it helps people, I mean generally people become more stable when they get married anyway. But in spiritual life, it can be helpful. It can be helpful influence. But then one has to take it out very responsibly and know. One householder couple told me how they never knew what surrender was until they had a child. And when they had a child, then they found, you know, it's like this this little baby is completely dependent on the parents. You can't leave it alone for a second. You can't uh, leave the child alone. You always have to take any moment the child's feeling, you know, crying or something. You have to go and immediately take care. So they had to completely surrender whatever they were doing to the interest of the child. And it was for them, it was a, a big uh, learning experience. They never, because anyone else, you know, come here. Okay, wait five minutes, you know, I'm coming here. You can't tell that to the baby. Anytime, day and night, you know. So that way they, they, they learned their work. So I told me, well, now we're learning what surrender is. Robert said having a baby is like, you know, worshiping a deity. <laughs> you have to take that care. So someone's going to invest so much time and energy for the whole life, you know, for 15, 20 years, 20, 25 years. <clears throat> you want to have the best uh, possible basis you can to to work with. You can try to make anyone Krishna conscious, but if possible, you'd like to have someone who was a devotee before, who's trying to finish up their spiritual life, and so they take it out very easy. 
That's why we do the ceremonies like Prabhupada and Samskara. So these are very important different points to get in here. Whatever ashram we're in, whether we're not married ashram or married ashram, we have to learn to be responsible for our own spiritual life. We know that we're not this body, but we're in a body. And body has the needs, and you cannot totally neglect those needs. You have to give the body what it needs, but you do that in a Krishna conscious manner. And this way it's possible to control. No. If one is married, then it's not that simple to have relations with the husband and wife. But outside of marriage, having relations becomes more, it becomes worse karma. It may be very popular today, but it doesn't mean there's no bad karma. Meat eating is also very popular, but it's very bad karma. Some people getting the instant reaction to some diseases, or they may get reactions later. So that's why Kasyap is appreciating that because of the good wife, they're fine safe in so many karmas. Because of you, I'm able to practice my religious life, my economic development, my getting the comforts of the home, all these things. So he was appreciating. So he's a very wise person. He's someone who's meditating. He has mystic powers. He's not an ordinary person. He's not also able to remain completely celibate. It's not that he's a sannyasi. But he was a very religious person, so he avoided uh, sexual activities. Like being married and having a wife, therefore it wasn't sinful for him to have relations. But it doesn't mean also that he was free from the loss of nature. So he was worried that if we have a child at an auspicious time, we may get some kind of inauspicious child. That's actually what ultimately what happened. This is uh, leading up to the birth of the uh, Irani Kasipu and Irani Ultimately, his wife probably wasn't so receptive to all his words, but uh, he's trying. It's the duty of a husband to preach to the wife. Sometimes it's the duty of the wife to give good counsel to the husband. It doesn't mean they always listen. That's the downside. But if the partner does their duty by giving a Krishna conscious influence, then if the other partner doesn't follow us, then you're not really responsible. You may be disturbed by the results, but at least you did your part. So it's a lot of, this is very practical. I mean, 
advices is coming out here as examples. A lot of it's very relevant to, to the present day. When Prabhupada came to the West, he was surprised how many people just live together and how many people get married. Many people don't get so he was uh, he organized that people will get married. In India, they, they preach to people to be a sannyasi, so to be renounced. And, he, and for him, it was preaching to people that uh, you're living together, you're going to marry, get them to be the mortgage back. That was like a big step forward. <laughs> to be responsible. Spiritually, become very bad. As long as you're in the material world, this the desires are going to be there. But the, the, how strong they are reduces down to like you have a little like, itch or something you can tolerate. If it comes on you like a tiger attacking you, then you can't. So it's how to become, you have to develop a higher spiritual taint so that it's based on that. You're not dependent on that for happiness. So you can control it. So what's important is to develop a higher spiritual taste and to always uh, to control the mind. The Bhagavad Gita explains that uh, the mind, how it works. First, to meditate on an object of the senses. You meditate on something that I want that. I like that. I want it. Then you get attached to it. And you want it more and more and it becomes like an obsession. And then after a while, you become very lusty for it. And you, then you start to be really to take action to, to get it. Whatever it may be. In my case, it may be a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or maybe, a, maybe somebody wants a car or want a, a toy or a child. But if they don't get it, okay. show now some of these uh, studies uh, that uh, children are good business. If you can attract the child while the TV shows, they go to the parent and say, I want to go to Disney World, I want to see, I want to go to this movie, I want to have this toy. And then the parents, you know, they tend to do what the children want. So now the advertisers are aiming at the little kids. They may be aiming at a six-year-old or a ten-year-old to, to go and uh, tell the parent that, you know, I want to drink the Gatorade or I want to do whatever the, the 
you know, the particular fingers that they're marketing. So, then if they don't get it, they get attached and thinking about, I want this, I want this, and then if they tell the parent, you know, I want it, maybe they're spoiled kids. The parent says, oh, that stupid thing, you know, you shouldn't have it. Ah! <laughs> and then they start crying, you know, if you're a little kid, you know, then if you're older, then maybe you don't cry, but you look sad, and you know, sad. Okay, okay. <laughs> So you can kind of see that how it goes through the, first of all, meditating. This thing is, Haribo, is empty. Is empty. What, what to do with um, it? Did you start a new tape? Yes. Then, um, the attachment, the lust. I have to have it. You can't have it. The anger when you don't get it. That's from anger, illusion, depression, madness. Depending on how much attachment you develop or something, some people they get so frustrated, they commit suicide. I mean, I don't think little things, but always some big things. Depends how obsessed they become over something. So we want to buy keeping your mind off of getting it, thinking of something. When the mind's right from the beginning, it's easy at the beginning. You have to take your mind off of the object. Don't get attached to thinking about one person, or don't get attached to thinking about a particular type of sense character. Bring your mind back to Krishna, engage in, engage in some Krishna service. So then this way you can start to control the mind. By controlling the mind, you don't get into the more intensive, just a momentary thought's not going to be an entanglement, but when you start to really get attached to an idea, that's when it becomes difficult. And when it goes from attachment to lust, then it's more hard to control. And when your lust is frustrated and you get angry, then you're totally out of control. From anger, then you go madness. When you're mad, you start breaking things, destructive. You can see that very vividly in little children because, you know, they don't have sense control. So that's, you need to side-by-side uh, uh, side control the mind and then the other side you need to develop a higher taste. When once there was one where the body came to Prabhupada, I said, Prabhupada, now, I was in my house in the room, this is quite a child's business. I don't have any more sex desire. I'm not at all agitated. I'm completely free. And then Prabhupada looked at him and says, What's wrong with you? You have some disease? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it's not, in the regard of soft massage, no great problem. Sex desire is something natural. We need to learn how to uh, deal with that. So when we... Even, there's no, there's no, uh, alternative for developing one's spiritual taste. 
And just being married isn't enough because one can go totally out of it in marriage also if you don't have any spiritual uh, basis. You need to develop a higher thing so that way you don't lose your Krishna consciousness. So that you can control your senses and decide when you want to do things. Balance it. Because the higher taste and the, the Krishna consciousness is like a carbon rod in a nuclear reactor. It cools things down. When somebody is very advanced, when you're, when you're totally liberated and Krishna frame and no more mature body, then you're totally free of sense uh, sex desire. Otherwise, maybe there, but it's like there was in one Jamunacharya who said that when the idea of sex came in his mind, he made his, his face became, became very sour and spit on that desire. So Prabhupada, when they brought the point that the thought came in his mind, When he was a great devotee, he was some level of bhava and aesthetic love. But when the thought came in his mind, he did, he reacted and, and made it away. So. Why am I thinking of these things? I don't think about Krishna. But uh, then, when a person is full of good type, for example, like Adidas Thakur, so he's not at home. It's not hard. When you're fully attached to Krishna, it's not hard. But it doesn't mean that uh, the possibility is not there. It's part of the programming of the body. But once you both that, it's, it's there, it's normal. Someone very advanced in it's quite peaceful, but uh, its possibility is there. I mean, because uh, now, Modern science, I read some articles, it says that the human body is designed in such a way, for all the, all the bodies, that, when you, that it's sending out some kind of uh, hormones in the air. Okay. So the female body is sending out uh, hormones and enzymes and the male, when they get close to each other, then it's like there's some sensory, automatically the body starts to produce uh, different uh, Hormones to, to get a person uh, sexually excited. And so they say when you give a spiritual advice to someone from the opposite sex, uh, they should, should be one meter apart. But no, I mean, I, there's all, you, can, there's, you can look on the internet, there's all kinds of articles about the Vedanusha channels. How the bodies automatically uh, make one, uh, even you know, you, you may not, it's not even a conscious thing, it's a physical, automatic kind of reflex that comes. Especially when people have young, healthy bodies. Not that old people can also be, uh, but in the mind, but especially the young bodies, that they produce a sense of hormones. 
So this not to be agitated isn't is not like a big uh, sin or something. Uh, it's not a sin at all. It's just a natural reaction that can happen. But how one deals with that, to take the mind off of that, to chant. Uh, And then the one thing that becomes virtually uh, focused again. Which is something we're going to have to learn to deal with. And the more you chant, the more you become, the least it will affect you. Eventually, you hardly feel any effect at all. Maybe a straight thought here and there. Because of all the things that are advertised. <clears throat> Something we can we deal with very easily. And every so long it's finding very difficult to control the mind and made that feel very insecure. <laughs>
Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.